0: Cha cha and Wowie
1: zowie.
0: Oh. oh, my goodness!
1: Zigga zigga. Coming in, hot.
0: <laughs> Coming in hot. Oh my god! I saw a meme the other day that was that was like someone just called us the Spice Girls generation, and I went, I moved to that to replace millennials.
1: Oh yes, one hundred percent. I don't get a vote because I'm not part of it, but I would... Thumbs up all the way.
0: Leave us to our bullshit. What's up, Lillian Bustle?
1: (laughs) This is it, Jen Ponton.
0: Hooray! We're we're doing it. We are doing it. Happy birthday to dreading the boards.
1: Yeah. Hooray! Obviously, you're hearing this later on down the line, but we are recording this. Uh, on the day that Dreading the Boards actually dropped into the laps of so many excited people. And we're so excited. Ooh, the
0: ghost of stage lights passed. <laughs> podcast, past, just, podcast. Just past. get,
1: mm hmm, we're killing it.
0: People <laughs> like cast. us
1: because we talk so good. <laughs> Do real good talk, much that. So um, good talk. Hooray! Today we
0: have with us on the podcast, Sarah Minisquero! Hooray! (laughs) Sarah is a stage critter of multiple talents. They're an actor, a crooner, a crafter, a stage manager, and a production designer. They have worn every hat, plus the role of community contessa. Um, They explained to me that they're a very good people connector, creative connector, and have been for over 15 years. Previously stage managed for the Future Proof. Wait, they previously stage managed for Future Proof. And they were the uh, stage manager in residence for Funhouse Philosophers at Coney Island, USA. Coney! Um, that's so awesome. Pre-pandemic, they were running a show called Marshmallow Minxes Presents, which was a performance art company that they co-founded and Boudoir, a mm-hmm. monthly variety show. Sarah also hosts Mixed Medium Shorts at com, which we will put for you in the show notes uh, when you're all done listening. Hooray! Welcome to- Hi! Super
1: duper. duper. Hey. Super duper.
2: Very excited uh-huh. to have you. Thank you. Thank you. That was a lovely intro. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. You wrote it. You wrote it. <laughs> But we really love
0: watching and Killing listening it. as our guests are like, oh, you going to read my bio. <laughs> <laughs> With enthusiasm and With love. With enthusiasm and zest. hmm Yay. I got to say, I always love when Lillian brings me carny folk. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Represents.
2: We're you know. such an interesting breed of pirate, <laughs> but that's what we are. <laughs>
1: 100 percent and
2: also i super appreciate your stage management stuff
1: what oh when's your
2: birthday i'm curious i'm december 17th i'm a sagittarius oh, okay right on. yeah right on. you fucking are <laughs> yep absolutely my mind for shit i'm uh-huh. taking <laughs> notes but- Great,
1: i'm writing you under fire signs <laughs> <laughs> i'm um- absolutely serious great (laughs) as a Capricorn I excel in stage management because I can organize things for other people but not very well for me which is very tricky sometimes but I love I love I love stage management and interestingly enough it's something that in burlesque sort of gets sort of like tossed to the wayside like oh we don't need a door person or a stage manager for a show (laughs) and that is confusing to me as a person who came up in theater (laughs)
2: Performance venues, you need that person all the more. Oh, and yeah, I actually got my start in nightlife. To be very truly honest, Vivian V gave me a job stage managing her Christmas spectacular. Oh, mm-hmm. that's fabulous! And that was my first ever baby toe dip into like, oh, performance art happens outside black box theaters. this right. is nice. This mm-hmm. is
0: crazy.
2: yes, being <laughs> someone trying to craft something in like inventive spaces while like bold daring cool immersive really freaking hard to do oh yeah (laughs) every single (laughs) obstacle that can be in your way is in your way oh yeah because of the venue
1: yep for sure um
2: yeah I, I have definitely I
1: have been to I have produced shows on my own in um uh places that did not have i mean microphones speakers stereo systems things like that places where people are like i don't know the dj just shows up and plugs in and i'm like great well i guess i need to learn how to use a soundboard oh no so now i have i have my own mixing board i could hook up an entire um i could hook up four microphones and my computer into a home stereo system as long as there's plugs like as long as it's not a sonos that's <laughs> bluetooth that is what i have taught myself over the last couple of years <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> it's your at- resume building special skills <laughs> 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 that's been my my track and my train of thought since the beginning because usually i'm just thrown in on the fly and adapt yeah, yes adapt- yeah is that and- how you
0: wiggled your way into the nightlife scene
2: yeah more or less i had done so honestly honestly i started as an actor that just got into stage management and producing Right out of graduation and, like, moving back to New York because folks would see me in the room and be like, you're the most prepared actor here and you listen to literally everything the director has told you. Um, you ever
0: thought about being a techie. <laughs> yeah.
2: That was the conversation. And all of my college roommates were techies. Like, I was the oddball fear kid that actually wanted to, like, build and make shit. So I minored in a lot of craft. I did math making, makeup effects, um, like prop and wardrobe fabrication, just to have a lot of the skills. I love that, too.
1: I loved that. I was like, teach me how to build a flat. Teach me how to hang that damn light. Like, I wanted to be in it.
2: And I took stage combat. So that ended up being a great thing as I stage managed, because more often than not, I'd have to be fight director, because you hire a choreographer and never see him again. (laughs) Uh
1: Uh-huh. Wow. You're so valuable.
2: I try, dude, and that's the thing. The acting world was way too competitive off the gate, and I found that I didn't fit a lot of the the prescripted role archetypes that they were fishing for at the time. I was bored, but I also wasn't booking work, so I was like, "Screw it, I'm gonna find paychecks." Mm-hmm. Heck yeah!
1: Yep, yep, yep.
2: Absolutely, and it takes it. It takes a
0: rare person, sadly, to not get caught up on the ego of like, no, I'm meant for the stage. Like,
2: yeah. yeah, you can't always hold your breath for like those those opportunities where you get to be your most authentic self. Um, I find a lot of the time you're <laughs> going to be holding your breath for for ages if you try, un- unless you are really befriend a playwright, and you might, but outside <laughs> your opportunities right. are scarce.
1: <laughs> Do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life mm-hmm. if you already have money. <laughs> <laughs> Funny how that one works. <laughs> so, when we first started talking about this um uh Sarah was like, "What about what about a little bit about this story? What about a little bit about this story?" And everything that you tossed at me, I was like, "This is delicious." So, please feel free to start with. charcuterie we're,
2: of stories. Charcutes of stories. I wanna I wanna <laughs> tell my story because I think that is like the day I wore my badge proudly forever that I am the Swiss Army knife of theater. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because uh, the the title of the piece, and it was three years ago, was The Education of Al Capone as if told by Jimmy Durante. Don't worry. Everything good was three years ago. Yeah, <laughs> before, before <laughs> it was a simpler time.
0: <laughs> um,
2: Dick Ziggin original about. As... Oh wait, tell <laughs> tell the people who Dick is. Dick Dick is the the mayor of Coney Island and uh, a, a graduate of Yale School of Drama. If you did not know, playwright. Um, Theater producer, kind of the uh, artistic director of all things that happen down in Coney, from wow. freak shows to like operatic events. Or I what... want that job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that is his position in the world, and that uh, he he owns it. He's the the king of Coney Island. That that's who he is, and he puts up his work and. Um, Education of Al Capone was the second Dick Ziggin original I worked on. The first one was a piece about Betty Page. And I worked with C.D. Edie. Yes. Fantastic.
1: Oh, she's a gem.
2: Incredible in that role, too. So I got my sea legs on that. But uh, Education of Al Capone was a two-act musical. (laughs) That's the first piece. And uh, six characters total um one gentleman who was a very good friend of mine this actor named rob Aloy, uh was the male ensemble track he had about seven quick changes he gets shot he fires a gun uh he's in musical numbers throughout the show he's in a stage fight because he plays the guy that gives al capone his scars wow our i think it was our saturday matinee or our friday night i can't recall uh i got a message from rob that he was stuck on a commercial set and he said i'm very sorry my manager booked this and she she didn't know that the show days were today i'm sure she knew i'm I'm pretty (sighs) sure she knew but he's not for those who are just listening and can't see
1: the (laughs) the, the eye twitch the level of twitch was just solid
2: (laughs) it was a day my my anxiety my chest was in my throat so he's he stuck on the shoot for the entire night and we're about 40 minutes till curtain. I'm running back and forth between the cast who are now too late for me to cancel the show and tell them to stay home. They're already here. And Dick is hanging out in the lobby and I'm thinking on the back end, he's not going to cancel the show. He's not. He's not going to do it. So what do we what do? We do? What- uh-huh. Oh my God. I go backstage and the joke starts passing around. Sarah, just go up there. Sarah, you're fine. Just be on book. You're okay. Just just do the track. And I looked <laughs> at it, and on paper, Rob had about a page worth of lines. Oh, I knew his track. I also knew within my duties as stage manager, because I was the gun wrangler, um, what else I had to do, <laughs> <laughs> to <laughs> to do myself so that I could still be in the right places for entrances, but still hand off a weapon prop to the correct actor <laughs> and <church. laughs> We made practical pasta on stage every night that was sold to the audience during pre-show because song two of the show was a food fight between uh, and I just, the actor
1: I just, on stage and the audience. I just want to
2: say,
1: what? for those, if you somehow got here and you don't know theater lingo, practical means that it actually happens on stage. So like if it's a light that's a practical, sometimes you can like, in some theaters, you'll be like you'll touch the light and pretend to turn it on, and then someone in the light booth will turn it on. Practical means you're actually turning on the light. So, like yeah. if you see water running on stage, that's a practical prop. So you were physically making spaghetti in
2: a crock pot.
1: In a crock pot, which is not the <laughs> generally recommended way to make. I hear so Italians love it, love it like that.
2: Yeah, no. It shouldn't be. All of the things were allowed to be because it gets Patrick, nice
1: and soft that way.
2: So The things that were allowed to happen in that space because Patrick the TV made it safe and made it so brilliant.
1: Oh, the the magic I have seen at Coney, but yes.
2: Oh, Oh, my heart stops. So all of this happens, uh, the span of 40 minutes, Kate Dale had a suit in my size. I'm five foot nothing. Kate Dale just happened to have a suit for me. Sitting around. (laughs) Uh, the girl playing Clara Bow, cause yes, we had a girl playing Clara Bow, uh-huh. uh, the makeup artist and she slapped a Gomez on my face, puts me out and the worst things, worst slash best thing about it is that <laughs> really decided to preface the performance with a curtain speech saying I was filling in the role <laughs> of this Frank Aluccio track and it was our stage manager. Give her a big hand. <laughs> oh my Thank God. No.
0: God, I love it.
2: I'm dying. <laughs> I'm dead. I'm dead. Uh, so the show ends. We're oh texting from photos the entire time. And he's on his film shoot. And he writes back. He's like, I'm broken hearted. I can't be there. I'm so sorry, guys. But Sarah, you nailed it. <laughs> We're drunk at Applebee's. I still have my my mustache on. It was one of the best, <laughs> best of my fucking life. that I was hey, able to do hey. everything cover to cover. Nothing slipped. Nothing fell. And then our goddamn Al Capone, like, at the end of the night, gives me a hug and goes, all right, Sarah, I don't feel I'm not coming in tomorrow. <laughs> so that <laughs> is <laughs> my Coney gauntlet Vietnam story. <laughs> <That's amazing>. Wow. <laughs> so good. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, my God. And last night
1: was your th- the three-year...
2: Three-year anniversary was last night. The pictures yep. pop up and I went, well, shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the timing. She is perfect.
2: Oh yeah. Oh are she- you OG New York?
1: New yeah. York, Jersey?
2: I'm, South Brooklyn. I'm South Brooklyn born and raised. Yes. Um I actually grew up in said Bay, so I spent a lot of time in Coney. I gravitated towards that space. Um sure. plus like the 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 Carney scene, the freak show circuit, the circus performers. I have, for some reason, never been able to avoid them throughout my life. And, like, I love a guitar trick. <laughs> I really do. It's meeting the theater kids that somehow got into Ariel, and they're, like, incredible. Like, that that gives me joy. That gives me yes. life. Yes.
0: Oh, that's awesome. So you've known for a long time that this was for you.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my my early instances in in theater like outside of school related stuff it's just the sense of community bonding and and that sounds so like forced that really sounds like a gross thing to say but when you're when you pair up with somebody who doesn't consider themselves an actor or an artist and they're just bound in the fun and the passion and the excitement for it i live to cultivate that because working practically working in other settings is just so emotionally taxing that Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can't rattle the void. Like I'm either working with like really inept folks in like corporate or in office structures that are just like plants, like just dead behind the eyes. I Mm -hmm. can't, I can't surface. (laughs)
1: Yeah, no, I get it. I get it entirely. I have worked at a couple of different startups. I have a better time in retail. Because it's something new, it's something different, and you're doing like one-on-one relating to people, and you don't have to, I don't know, uh, create a PowerPoint presentation to explain to the entire tech community... Why uh, it's important to not reveal someone's personal information by accident. <laughs> like one slide, big brother, bad. Oh my God. Like I, why can't I, can't I just go talk to someone and be like, this is a terrible thing. Oh, I, I mean, I, we hear what you're saying, but and I'm like, oh no, no, no. no. Cause mm. I, I can customer service other people, but you don't get to customer service me as, <laughs> as the CTO of a company. Nope. <laughs> um and and what you were saying about like watching someone's eyes light up that happened with me and my husband. um so uh, uh my hu- my husband's mom was a theater person and his dad was a computer person his brother was a theater person and so Don was always like oh that's their thing and so he got he learned tech stuff and he learned like computer things and then when he met me I was like you sing really well. I got roped into this community choir. Can you come be in this choir? We really need bases. And he was like, I don't know. And then he did it. And then he started doing theater with that theater group. And of course he was getting really good roles because he's a dude who can like manage, <laughs> which is, <laughs> which is, I mean, he's also great. He's also very talented, but like, you don't need experience is what I mean. You don't have to show up with a resume. Oh and my god, he, I know, never knew that. Oh yeah. That's yeah, and now he sings in a internationally renowned barbershop choir. <laughs> yes, he
0: does. And he loves that he turned into such a
1: nerd.
0: A barbershop I mean, he was already a nerd. A barbershop nerd. We
2: are a special breed. Yes. Jen has
1: Jen has also done barbershop.
2: <laughs> so you know Gabriel Specter. I do. <laughs> through the quarantine. Um, I commissioned Gabe and three other pals of mine to flash mob my mom on her birthday <gasps> with a quartet rendition of Stand By Me. I think they did Lorelai and then they sang Happy Birthday to Her in four parts. It was just the
1: oh, cutest. Oh, my heart.
2: Precious.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're And we're actually talking to Gabriel on Friday, so I'm very excited about that. <laughs>
2: Hooray! Stay tuned, folks. It's going to be a hell of a story. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. my god,
1: I'm so excited.
2: <laughs>
1: Gabriel was like, "What about circus?" And I was like, "Mm-hmm."
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> How How about, about circus? Talk about Scotland too. Oh yeah. <laughs> Get his great fucking brogue.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Amazing. Um, but but so you were in, you were in and around Coney. And uh, like, I'm curious a little bit about your transition into like the burlesque world, or how like.
2: Sure, absolutely. Obviously, um, if
1: you were in and around Coney, then you were seeing yeah, um, that one, stuff happen. But
2: yeah, and I was doing a lot of stuff at Bazaar too. So may that place ah, rest in pieces. I know.
1: Um, yeah, I, it was. This was a, a venue in um, Bushwick, which was basically they did not give a shit if they were getting shut down. So you could be fully naked on stage, you could smoke. I saw like somebody pee in a glass and drink it. Um yep. that's not the basics of what happened, but like <laughs> normal things happen there too. But
2: um it, it was, was the- get away with it. Plus, like while they were fire safe by certain codes, I think they stopped doing fire performance simply to like scam out some artists that like really used to have a stay there. Mm-hmm. Um. They- to a lot of their performers so yeah um, yeah
1: it was it was a great space run by people who were opportunistic in a very upsetting way but
2: yeah i i got some of my uh nightlife sea legs that way um kind of doing some go-go here and there um i started devising acts when uh a friend of mine was producing a night of uh Kind of like an open night, open mic night of burlesque and draggy things called Jump Shark, and <gasps> I, right, yeah, I was able to do a slot uh, on Jump Shark, and a very good friend of mine who's now performing under the name Crossbow, decided we do a duet as Poison Ivy and like Patient X. Like I, I plant a little like seed around her, she grows into this m- graphic monster thing, and I did her prosthetic <laughs> teeth. Yeah! Uh, Yay. So it was cool. really cool. And my first set of pasties out of poinsettias from Michael's. Nice. Yes. Oh my God, it's it's brilliant! And I just started to realize, like, oh, a lot of what this is, especially comedic burlesque, is prop comedy. It's mind stand-up. Like, there are children's theater. Yes, there are ways to incorporate everything I learned, very textbook in theater school, yeah, into Mm -hmm. this medium. So I started, I think I got my my big, biggish break getting on Sugar Mama Soda's show to do my Mrs. White act from Clue. Oh, nice. nice. Uh, I do a number two before he cheats. Ooh, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, into it. Choices. And my my other act, which has now been kind of award-winning, is my Agra from the Dark Crystal striptease. Ah. Uh... To oh, age man. of Aquarius. And my my favorite fabrication detail to this day has to be that I made a Muppet Merkin. Please tell I, the people what a Merkin is. Oh, uh, so a Merkin for, for those not in the Noah burlesque is a faux uh facial not facial <laughs> pubic head. <laughs> so a beard for your clam. <laughs> high modesty, whatever. Um because this was for a show Metropolis Burlesque put up for uh, Jim Henson's creature shop theme. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. I, I, I want to go this. back in time and see that. <laughs> I can send you the video if you'd like. It is on my page as Bonacera, which was my my strip name back in the day.
0: <laughs> the it, is there American somewhere I can see then. this entire production?
2: Um, I think so. Um uh, Rocco, right. Rocco Chanel was on deck. Uh, as one of the monsters from where all the wild things are mm-hmm. Bernard did her uh Chiana from Farscape look yes it was everything it was literally everything and that number is my favorite it gets me far when I get to do it I also pull out like a pup like a hand puppet ring on stage you know those little <laughs> balls mm-hmm. toss it out into the crowd they do go <laughs> up the street kids I'm telling you, yeah, so good. <laughs> that was good. Uh, before the Panadolche, uh, my producing partner and I, Celia Foxlove, were up at the deep end for a monthly called Boudoir, mm-hmm. and we had my circus kids. Anyone that wanted to to sing on a mic sang on a mic. Um, stripper Muppets, you know the type. My yes. favorite. Assembled to the <laughs> themes of our choosing and at you know that we had to call it off by march because that was when the lockdown officially broke us Mm -hmm. but for the the break and everything that year ensued i tried to port some talents online so i started this little website thing called songs of serenalia i strung up a playlist uh sometime between thanksgiving and my birthday which is middle of december and i just sent it out to folks and i was like hey do an act to one of these songs, I'll find a way to put it online and make sure you get paid to do it. So I love it. Yeah, so built a website with my friend for free. Got it up on its feet with like seven or eight acts and charged like a seven or eight dollar door fee just to like type in PayPal, get the link code, watch it. And that's something I'm looking to expand upon in the near future. Like I don't think I have the format I want just yet, but I'm thinking of like a showcase just to get people performing again get creative juices out there doesn't yeah. need like an assignment and it doesn't need to feel like homework or a support group I just want posted <laughs> and for folks to feel comfortable watching it because I know a lot of people aren't really comfortable being outside yet mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah <sighs> yeah that's great congrats I very much wanted to to create things during the pandemic. And part of it was that I wasn't feeling part of it was that I wasn't feeling, uh, inspired. Part of it was that I was like, Oh God, what if there's more of things like this? Because my, my, everything that I do is people is front facing. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I can write, I, I write, but I don't have a lot of, I don't have a portfolio. Um, I've been, tour guide I've been uh, I've worked at Colonial Williamsburg like I I've done retail like um except for my like office time I'm I'm I shine when I can perform in some way and I've never tried to hone other skills so I was like what if I really need to drop all of this stuff and really focus on something else and that made me sad so then I didn't do anything (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. but I did one I did one project uh, for do you know TZ Roosevelt? Uh they're in yeah. Albany. Yeah. Oh T Z. Such a joy. Um, but uh for that I taught myself how to completely use um cool, can't remember the name. The the film thing for Apple. Move the movie maker thing. iMovie. Ooh cool. iMovie. That's a, <laughs> you can see why I couldn't remember.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so and I was very proud of myself for what I created, but like I didn't, I didn't feel moved to do more of that. And I know some people who completely blossomed learning how to do that and figuring out how their art could fit into a smaller screen. Uh, people who, like, just took off.
2: Yeah. It, it's been bizarre. and I've been trying to clock what may or may not happen with Zoom theater as a thing because I did get to participate in something. Actually, over lockdown, uh, NCT, the Narrows Community Theater down in South Brooklyn, did a Zoom production of Clue. They actually had two (gasps) cats. So fun. fun. I was one of their whites. And the entire conceit with the script that we got uh, was the way that the whole thing was written is, like, with staging it on Zoom, how, like, props can travel but not be the same (gasps) prop. Carrying the body across three different actors would just be, like, a pillow dressed in people clothes. It that was is beautiful. And <clears throat> brilliant. I was so happy to be a part of that. Plus theater actors who are the schmacktiest of all, like, <laughs> and yes. we're in this cast having a blast. I, I loved getting to do that. And I'm curious to see how other scripts hold up with that sort of interpretation. Cause so many folks were doing, script reading groups or you know movie reading groups where they just want to go through scripts cover to cover once a week because it's a form of connection or it's that mm-hmm. actor therapy a lot of us needed i'm curious to see if that develops into an art form because not just like pandemic and stuff aside if there are ways to do more casual household theater interactions i think that's a way to like kind of supplement it into people's lives who don't actively pursue For sure Yes,
0: yeah. for a million and one reasons, not only because LOL we could be living with COVID forever, or more. But, <laughs> but also because theater is so fucking inaccessible. Right. Yeah. I yeah. think making television more youtubeable, uh nope, just kidding. I think making theater more youtubeable, more streamable is the perfect answer not only for all these performers but also for citizens who want that art and who want to support community and friends and just like for one reason or the other don't feel like getting into going out and braving the pandemic and parking and dinner and the whole nine
2: yeah and for the writers who don't want to put up like entry fees to festivals and contests they're never going to hear from Mm -hmm. i I know folks that are sitting on beautiful scripts that just don't get into something for one reason or another. Uh, it drives me nuts because there's quality content. I'm also kind so of... And to be real honest, I think the world is getting bored of certain content and things that pass in our industry these days. And I, think I hope so. so. <laughs> Since COVID, I uh, people are starting to snap back. Like, it's starting to get a little feisty. The waters are really turning now where, like, producers and, and writers are saying, I want... Unknowns. I want faces no one's seen before, or like, my God, round out your roster, your roster with queer folk, women, and people of color, because this is getting sickening. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, I love seeing that tide turn. That's been exciting. I would like a industry Armageddon. That air with the I don't know, but if it comes, (laughs) throw it my way.
1: Oh my gosh. So so since you've been in and around New York for so long, I'm curious if there is something not necessarily burlesque related, but like something that you've seen either in the French festival or something that you were like, oh, and I, that could either be like a, a live performance that was like super strange or not what you expected or terrible or or very fun <laughs> or like extra inspiring, but like something that just really hit you
2: it's so funny you asked me that question because <laughs> i remember the the day i felt like nature was healing uh, mm-hmm. the, the post post-covid show announcement a friend of mine in connecticut had produced directed and choreographed a circus show about the donner party
1: <gasps> yes hooray! <laughs>
2: And like when you when you read a log line and just like so somebody much. thought of that.
1: Yes. Said, somebody yeah.
0: thought of that. And someone <laughs> believed <laughs> and it. someone believed it. it.
2: That's it. That's it. That's that's the most inspiration you can swallow to go, yeah, whatever stupid idea I have, I'm doing it. Fuck oh, it. Oh my god. That's one of the things that like blesses oh. my heart. But when you mentioned Fringe, I'm going to harp Ugh. back on my first Fringe story, the way that every every good techie um, like notches some scars in their arms. is <laughs> My first show, and I love the writers. I love these people that I worked with. But the show is called The Coward, and it was a clown show about mental illness.
0: Every like you character,
2: do. Yep, like you do. Every character was in full mime face. And on top of that, close to victorian era dress so when fringe makes you like go outside and busk to sell tickets (laughs) i had to like escort my cast with umbrellas in the sweltering august heat (laughs) oh no go out to like roosevelt island or wherever the hell they send us to do like island busking in the tourist islands of new york no one goes to Uh, oh no! to get on a tram for that shit (laughs) Part of the process with Fringe, too, is, like, depending on your performance location and how they cycle out the shows throughout the day, you can't really leave diddly squat in your venue. No. So we needed to rent out a studio space at, like, I believe these kids were NYU. So we Mm -hmm. got a showroom where they could do their makeup and we can schlep our props One of them was an inflatable kiddie pool that I just wore on my back like a turtle shell. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Comping through the city from one neck of the Lower East Side to um, the 14th Street Y. Plug in and go. You have about 20 minutes to set up, do the motherfucking thing, and come back off our leading lady our playwright and our producer of the show was sick one day and throughout the performances just kept going but like repeatedly just puking into a bucket and getting back out there wow oh. wow the kiddie pool is also filled with skittles i don't know i'm if so meant- glad that the kiddie pool isn't where the puke went but no, no I'm proud of her too she's a trooper and a champion but i had to at the end of this thing you have again a cycle out of 20 minutes to clean up this stage that was the kiddie pool with the, the Skittles and every prop that we had was something that was like a pun in the script. So our red herring was a squishy fish.
0: Um, <laughs>
2: we had a squib that she could puke Skittles with. That was another point of the show. That was great. Um, and ladders were our set pieces. Oh no. So we'd set up a ladder and drape it with something and just like carrying ladders throughout this city.
0: No! Uh-huh. Was- <laughs>
2: Before COVID, God bless. Because if I had to do that and then, like, show your proof of that while I'm holding oh, a no. bucket, but ladder, I would have killed myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I, I've seen strange things, and I, I hate to disparage any production I haven't had a hand in because there's no way to really tell from the. <laughs> of course. Who's at fault when something <laughs> blows up? But um, (laughs) the immersive company that I worked for, Future Proof, they still exist. I still love them. I don't think they're doing live events anymore. But the original conceit was we're presenting as a fictitious film company that's run by a faulty AI. So things do break. (laughs) Things do fall apart throughout the show that's scripted. But the plus side is when shit actually went wrong, no one could tell except (laughs) us. So there's lot of look in your eye that you just have to convey across the room and hope sure, uh, make sure another team member <laughs> recognizes that if you're not on walkie.
0: Oh just my God.
2: <laughs> Part of the company's shtick um, because it was this AI fictitious character that was really trying to determine what makes humans enjoy themselves, enjoy uh-huh. the cinema. The audience would get to vote on two possibilities throughout the night for different skits and different like performance elements. So we built out Two different sets of props, two different scripts that the actors prepared for. And we launched on a night. We were at like uh, what used to be the Clearview Cinemas in Chelsea. Oh, Ooh, we yeah, went to yeah. The we rented out a floor for the display and a movie theater for this experience. And things throughout the, the theater would like pop in and out. There are actors that were doing fake Q&As. And um, I think I showed you, Lillian, that we made um, Russian letter Muppet puppets. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah, the Russian alphabet was there uh, because at one point, you know, communism just leaks into the thing. Lillian, why don't you take me to more things?
1: (laughs) No, 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 no. Sarah just sent me the pictures of this. I haven't. I did not experience this firsthand. Yeah, I'm very sad that I did.
2: And one of (laughs) one of the things that just never fired—that like we never got to use because the audience never voted on it was this incredible fantasy sequence where we had a mannequin dressed up like Farrah Fawcett rolled out with a fan. (laughs) (laughs) These are things that really happen. Of course they are! Oh god, I love it here! (sighs) A lot of people willing to yes and. So when we needed to hire folks for this crew, I was as stage manager and also like office manager for the company was in charge and uh, oversaw us a lot of hiring processes. So we needed folks called my circus kids. I called Gabe. So Gabe was on deck for that. And at one point um, we found a few barbershop guys. And during one of our tech periods where it was slow, I just had them do, do a round, do a thing. Yeah, sure. Staying together in full costume while everyone's, The middle of strike too, like.
1: (laughs) I mean, you can't stop them. You can't.
2: Can't. Um, (laughs) Axe, who is a circus performer, buddy of mine, who I love dearly, and yes, hands everything, was in a T Rex costume. Yes, the inflatable T Rexes running around and doing gymnastics. So was a time. Oh, Oh, amazing! So lovely. (laughs) Oh my god! It's like. I don't know how we did it, and I. There are photos of me at events where you can see me in the corner, either stress vaping or crying. <laughs> but it wasn't. Fun. It was. Absolutely God, weird. that's brilliant.
1: Just like your eyes are just dark circles, and you're like, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about the weirdest thing you've ever seen? Not worked on.
2: I. Because I'm a typical New Yorker, I also saw a lot of... I got pr- the privilege of seeing things in New York that I probably shouldn't have seen as a teenager. Mm-hmm. Yes. Rocky Horror Picture Show when it was on Broadway. My parents took me oh. to when I was 13. Joan Jett was Columbia. Yes. <gasps> yes, 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 mm-hmm. yes, yes. In high school, the Delacorte was doing a production of Peer Gint that was really <gasps> fucking wild. Wow. Yeah, it was very strange. And like things I can say that I saw as a 17-year-old, I-, I realized going to college off-site, going to school in Boston, and you meet a lot of kids from across the country, and they have no fucking clue mm. what I'm talking about half the time I mentioned things. I was like, I do realize I was a lucky kid
1: mm-hmm.
2: getting exposure to a lot of things. And I think probably my, my first dick on stage My first full frontal dick on stage was Three Penny Opera. Oh yeah, the Alan production.
1: Oh yes,
2: wow.
1: Wait, wow. You did you see the Alan Cumming production? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I um, I saw that. I saw that on a night when the entire soundboard broke, and so (gasps) they did it. They did it without any amplification. So they took any any um, instruments that didn't need electricity. And the and the performers all sang without mics, and they they came on stage and they were like, "If anyone doesn't want to stay for this, you can go get your money back." And I was like, uh, "I'm here for this all fucking day." And we were all the way in the back, and you could hear everything. It, I mean, it was astounding. It was amazing. And was part
2: of that run, too. Yes, yeah. she was yes, incredible. She couldn't. She comes out from the middle of the house, so that must have been f- stunning.
1: Oh, people huh? lose their minds. It was. It was incredible.
2: Oh. Holy! Uh, it shit. was it
1: was in fact it was so amazing that I forgot that there was a dick in it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, well, that that was impressionable on me. Clearly, <laughs> sure.
1: how about the weirdest uh, atypical
0: theater? So burlesque, circus, uh, freak show.
2: Wow. Um, I'm I'm always a little of the the squeamish type when it comes to stage work. So human blockheads, I understand how the septums like that that works, but um more <laughs> anyone that does the subdermal piercing, mm-hmm. not a huge fan of. So uh the the Vivian V Smutcracker, we had a performer do live insertions and as stage manager I have to prep props. So I'm looking at these needles and I like I run to the bar staff at Bazaar and I'm like, I need a tray preferably metal because it needs to be sanitary. Like I have to be able to wipe it down with alcohol and make sure it's sterile. And I think they gave me something that like they put condiments on and I was just like, Oh, cool. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But also that performer should have brought their own. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm not talking shit about whoever that was, but
2: absolutely. Um, I've, I've seen, you don't get free Racha fever. Yeah, I've seen strange things come into and out of rectums. Uh, yep. For for the sake of art. <laughs> it takes a lot to jade me. I think I've realized this, too. Like, I can see anything, sit there and go, mm-hmm. yeah, art. You've got everything <laughs> stacked in your
0: corner. Literal, <laughs> lifelong New Yorker. Yeah. Resident, like, Queerdo, Coney Island, heart home.
2: I mean... Come on! What on earth is going to phase you? Yeah, <laughs> like the nocturnal marsupials in my life. Just, just give me, give me the track. God, I love they're my it. favorite. Uh, one, one of these quintessential stories, I think, is like running into uh, Lost Boy. The, the she, they're an aerialist, a striptease performer, also a clown and a shock performer. Uh, they're at the Hard Swallow as a go-go dancer. Right on. And Wrapping a show on the Lower East Side, I think I was wrapping something at Theater Under St. Mark's, mm. walking by the bar, and Lost Boy just bangs at the window, comes out in their cute-ass stripper regalia, and gives me a big old hug in the middle of the street. And I'm like, yeah, this is New York.
0: Yes. Oh, I,
2: I love I that. It.
0: God, that's great. Uh, You're getting a master's right now?
2: No, I'm not in school yet. I'm working on a, a someone else's master thesis project. I got hit mm-hmm. up to be a producer. Yeah, the you're word of mouth a cast member from my immersive project. So oh, I am awesome. learning, I'm learning about film.
0: Contessa, so what's the thesis that you're producing?
2: Ironically enough, the piece is called Marcel the Muscle Man. And it's a noir about a, uh, as you can tell, a sideshow performer.
0: Mm-hmm. The first
2: question I was asked legitimately by um, the producer and the writer of the piece we got down into the nitty gritties of my contract, all that goodness, and he goes. So based on your contacts, you, you wouldn't happen to know any um, male presenting African American little people, do you? <laughs> of all the demographics, no. All the people I know are women are Latin. I'm sorry. All right. All right. <laughs> oh fuck <laughs> I just I had to have a good laugh cuz this is my life now and yes
1: <laughs> they were like this seems this seems likely that's I mean- awesome that's well and also like props <laughs> to them for looking for that person yeah. and I hope they find him cuz that yes. is badass
2: yes we we have genuinely cast the role it was just one of those beautiful moments that I went this is the weirdest like cold ask to start hitting I love a- it <laughs> I love brilliant. it brilliant Oh my god. Sarah,
0: this has been a joy. Oh, thank (laughs) you for sharing all of the oddities. God, do you guys remember that show on
2: TLC oddities?
0: Oh yeah.
2: I used to be able to identify people walking into that shop in those episodes. I saw I saw a couple people people too that I was pony folk. Like someone's looking for something cool to shove up their nose. I know. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and then yep. there's the man who talks like this and apparently he's a moth storyteller oh, yeah. all the oh, time yeah. yes
1: yep i love that guy god we freaks just roll together in like <laughs> so many iterations and then we roll <laughs> each other up into a big weird snowball made of crockpot spaghetti <laughs> i love it <laughs> You,
0: oh Sarah man, Sarah Minasquero,
1: so great, <laughs>
0: so friggin' great. Um, we will have Sarah's socials for you available in the show notes, and please keep an eye out for anything that they publicize because we gotta keep making art on and offline. Uh, I.e., two full years of podcasting for Lillian and I. Ha, cha, cha. Don't go whistling Dixie
1: backstage. Go no. Whistlin' Yankee. Sure. Sure. And uh, and make sure that you have a kiddie pool handy. For all your <laughs> Skittle and Puke names. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, sounds, that sounds like a barbershop song. <laughs> you did the old Skittle and Puke. <laughs>